Hey guys, it's Sammy and Robbie back again to tell you about another upcoming con. And we're super excited about this one. Mm-hmm. It's another Indiana one. This one is Pop Con, Indie Pop Con to be exact. And it's going to be in Indianapolis, again at the Convention Center. Indiana Convention Center. Right in downtown Indianapolis. And Robbie will be there April 26th through the 28th. Yes. We were just at the Indiana Comic-Con, so if you missed us, Mm -hmm. you get a chance to meet us again Mm -hmm. at PopCon. Yes. Well, at least Robbie. At least me. Ashley will be there. Oh, yeah. Ashley will be there. That's an exciting thing. Ashley will be there, so you get to meet a lot of us on the network. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two-thirds. Two-thirds of it, yes. Mm -hmm. So, if you're coming to the show, please stop by the Limitless Broadcasting booth. Mm -hmm. We're always excited to see you. All right. Oh, my God. Well, I guess we'll see you guys at the show. Bye. Bye. You're listening to the Limitless Broadcasting Network. Your whole life can change in an instant. About 50 million adults in the United States have chronic pain. And because of a car accident, Robbie is one of them. In their marriage vows, Robbie and Sammy promise to stand by one another and provide strength when needed. And lately, they've been facing some of their biggest challenges. Join them as they share the ups and downs of living with chronic pain. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Painful Truth of Living with Chronic Pain podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Sammy. And I am Robert. Of course. (laughs) And today we have a special episode for you. Yes, one that was not planned, (laughs) that just happened to come about based on our previous episode where we did the mental health. Yeah. And we, I think, said that the next episode was going to be us branching into Robbie's story after we did my story, but but we have an exclusive (laughs) awesome interview to share with you today. Yes, it's about a documentary If you want shots with that. It's Would You Like Shots With That? It's going to be that pharmacy documentary I mentioned on the last episode. And we got to interview her. And she is great. We're going to be talking to Ana East. Uh, She is a pharmacist. And she is one of the main reasons, one of the three people that started the whole journey to getting this documentary made. Yes. So we're super excited to have her on today. So Hope hope you enjoy the episode. Please think about donating to their uh, Kickstarter or GoFundMe for this mm-hmm. film. All the links will be in the show notes. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Check out the show notes. It's a great opportunity. Yes. This is a huge problem, not just for pharmacists, but for everybody. Yes. So please donate. Yes. Thank you. All right. Let's get into the show. Yes. Let's get into it. All right. Hello. We are super excited today. Absolutely. A very special episode. Of the painful truth of living with chronic pain. Yes. And we have a special guest for today. Yes, we have Ana East Webster Manuti, who's here. Hello. 
talking about her documentary that she's working on. Would you like shots with that? We talked about it a little bit in our last episode. So we're just so excited <laughs> to have yeah. you on and talk about it. Thank you. Thank you. Once I heard that, I was like, oh, thank you for the shout out. We love talking about, or yeah. I and we love talking about the documentary. Yes, so. of course. Sammy told me she tagged you in our last episode. And yeah. that's how you guys got in t contact with each other. Mm -hmm. She did. Yes. I was like, oh, that, that's cool. We're making it out into the world a little more. So. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Got to spread the word, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, so how about we start with, how about you introduce yourself first? Perfect. I can do that. So my name is Anais Webster-Minuti and I am a pharmacist. And so uh, that is how I got involved with this project. I was in chain retail pharmacy for many years. I started as a technician at Walgreens when I was a student, was an intern there. And then I went over to Walmart when I graduated and I was there um, full-time until 2019. Um, I still would pick up shifts there until 2021. Mm -hmm. um, and I currently work for a hospital system uh, and I just noticed a shift in pharmacy and I, it was during COVID when mm -hmm. everything was happening and I was like, Walmart actually, um, for those of you who don't know pharmacy that well, Walmart tends to treat its pharmacists a lot, a little bit better than some of the other chains. That's what, yeah, that's what she said. Yes. Yeah, they really do. And so um, honestly, Walmart treated us pretty well and they mm -hmm. kind of did what they could with the resources they had but it still really took a turn when COVID happened because you can only do so much with just the increased shot load. So at first they were doing, um, I again, wasn't working there full time. I was just picking up shifts on my days off from the hospital, but they went from having these giant shot clinics that everyone was having, lots of support, lots of texts to like, we're just gonna pivot that into the store. Mm -hmm. and into the regular workflow. Mm -hmm. And meanwhile, I'm on pharmacy social media a lot and I'm seeing pharmacy Twitter and all of the different things. It's not just Oregon, it's not just here. Um, it's all over the country. People right. are like, something happened. Mm -hmm. COVID didn't cause any of this. These issues go way back, but mm -hmm. something during COVID because of the workload balance just shifted within pharmacy. People were leaving. They couldn't, like, people weren't putting up with this anymore. Mm -hmm. People weren't able to fill their prescriptions. And so I'm actually a writer outside of pharmacy is my my hobby. And I was talking to one of my writing friends. I would text her tweets. And so I would be like, look at this tweet about pharmacy. Look at this tweet about pharmacy. Mm -hmm. And she knows nothing about pharmacy. So she's like, oh, wow, that's, like, seems really bad. And I was like, right. oh, it is. Don't worry. Like, you're no, not wrong. Don't worry, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And I told her one day, um, so I got off a shift at the hospital and um, I had recently worked a shift at Walmart and I was like, oh yeah, a lot of the pharmacists and all of the pharmacists and techs from one of the local chains came over to the, work at the hospital. And one of the techs was like, oh yeah, when I left, we were 3,000 prescriptions behind. Yep. And um, Kim is her name. So Kim is like, I don't have any context. I Like, what does that mean? <laughs> so like, how far? I was like, oh, at least a week. Yep. Minimum. Mm -hmm. And 3,000 um, means a week. 
depending yeah, on 3000 prescriptions location. depending on oh, you can explain yeah mm-hmm. yeah exactly yeah it depends how many they do a day but because i yeah. don't want the average viewer or listener to be like okay what does that actually mean what is that kind yeah. of i'm kind of in that same boat mm-hmm. she's a pharmacist she's yeah. been oh, a pharmacist perfect. Love for it. years mm-hmm. and she breaks it down but give that more context so 3000 yeah, depending on the facility is a week yeah about a week yeah so depending on the facility so like a lot of stores will do like a busier store may do like 700 a day right. or like but this store probably was doing like 500 a day maybe right. a little like three or three to five hundred a day mm-hmm. and they were three thousand prescriptions behind so we're talking would like they send in other like i know i keep referring to her because yeah no worries work for uh cvs yeah. cvs mm-hmm. and I remember you telling me one of your stores was so far behind, they were sending in extra texts. Yeah, they would do would that they do something like that? At that store, so I found out later, I um, because they all work with me now, um, I found out some details about what would happen. And so what usually would happen was they would, it wasn't a 24-hour store, so they would just yeah. have people stay overnight and wow. try to catch up. Yeah, I've heard that. And they would just have them fill through the night. And like some pe- they, people would volunteer because they're like, it's so bad for us during the day. It wasn't necessarily extra people. It was just their staff being like, please let us stay overnight so we can try to catch up a little bit. Oh my gosh. And so um, in the like in a normal pharmacy workflow, they say you're not behind. So for the general audience, you show up with your prescription or it's sent over electronically. Mm-hmm. You have a queue. It says how many you have to type. A technician types it in pharmacist checks what was typed in for clinical accuracy to make sure there's no drug interactions, et cetera, goes through insurance. Another technician fills it. Pharmacist does the final check on it on the product. And then you sell and you cancel it. So you kind of have a work queue of how many prescriptions are to be done and what, where the prescriptions are in the different stages. Okay. But in this pharmacy, they were so far behind. I found out that they just, they had nothing filled on their shelves. So usually you go into a store and there's like all the bins behind you and they have right, like the ready to go. Mm-hmm. There was nothing because they're so far behind. They couldn't even get anything filled. So they had a, they had a line wrapped around their building, like oh, no. going outside of people inside the store. Mm-hmm. And so a tech would be standing at the register going, sorry, it's not filled for you. Um, can you stand there for the, time it takes me to go fill it and so they'd fill their prescription real quick if it was like one or two if it was more than that they'd be like okay can you stand over here to the side we'll try to work you in oh and get it filled and then they call them back in line and people would scream at them and it was terrible like it was awful like one person said um he's like the day i quit and he just like walked off he's like someone he's a he was a male technician and a woman followed him into the bathroom Cause he just, he had to pee like a normal human. So he stepped out of that giant line to go pee and she followed him in to yell at him and go, why aren't you filling my prescription right now? While he's peeing? While he's peeing. Like, like, that's crazy. Yeah. And so all of this, and I learned this um, actually not too long ago when I was working with him, but all of this stuff is going on in the background in pharmacy. And like the general public is like starting to realize it because they're like, I can't get my prescription filled. And that's a huge patient safety issue. We want to fill prescriptions. Right, we get exactly. paid to fill prescriptions. Literally. So if we, that's what we tell people. It's like, you know, if we're not filling prescriptions, there's no like money. Well, that's a whole different issue. Is there yeah. money coming in even when you're filling prescriptions? But right. that's like 
a deeper topic we can get into oh, but like pause. why isn't there any money coming in then since you brought it up you gotta you gotta explain. oh yeah no definitely gotta explain that. So, explain. so um so basically you know in a normal situation in a in commerce right for services you pay services you like say you're mcdonald's we'll go with the fast food metaphor because would you like shots with that yep yeah. so say you're paying for your fries right uh-huh. they buy you know potatoes oil labor etc and it costs a certain amount to make some french fries right and the customer comes up to the counter buys their fries and they make a profit right in pharmacy oftentimes unless you are not taking insurance they you don't make a profit no. so you for a lot of prescriptions when you run it through insurance you have to pay a certain amount to buy the drug so the, um, the pharmacy has to pay the pharmacy has to pay to yeah to, to obtain the drug. yeah okay. to obtain the product kind of like mcdonald's has to pay for the potatoes right and the oil and stuff okay so you have to pay for the drugs to sit on your shelf so you okay. have them okay um say a drug cost you like a for example we'll use a lower cost drug mm-hmm. um because it happens with low cost and high cost drugs right mm-hmm. and say a drug costs ten dollars okay when you bill it through insurance the insurance company might only pay you seven dollars yep why is that and so um yeah so you can explain you can definitely jump in and explain some of this <laughs> yeah, too. you're good no you're doing a great job <laughs> okay and so it's complicated so a lot yeah. of these and this is why it's like a lot of this is just really opaque and confusing even to other pharmacists because um your insurance company how drug pricing works is not clear at all like it's very opaque intentionally how all of these contracts are done. And especially if you work in a chain like I did, I had, I didn't know how any of that worked. I really, I do a little bit more from this project and I can try, I'll try to explain it, but a lot of these contracts are very opaque and they're like almost like it's things are bundled together. Mm-hmm. So it's like part of you're buying like a lot of in your contract, you're like buying a lot of drugs at once. Okay. And so like, an individual drug, you know how much it costs for you to go purchase it from the wholesaler who sells you the drug, mm-hmm. but you may not know going into it what insurance company is going to reimburse you right. how much money. Okay. And so you are at the you can't not take insurance because a lot of patients can't afford the medication at the list price. Right. So like for that ten dollar drug, sure a patient could probably just pay the cash price and take the medication and then you make money on that. But if your drug is $700 worth of insulin mm-hmm. and you don't make your cost back for that, so the patient can't pay you $700. Mm-mm. So the pharmacy just writes that off? Essentially. So a lot of these bigger stores, you don't make, you, there. it's not every single prescription. So I won't right, say that right. it's every prescription, but you essentially, a lot of stores use it as a loss leader. So they just want you in the store to buy more expensive things that they actually can mark up. OTC oh, products. Profit. Yes. Or like, so they can profit. Yes. Yeah. yeah they want so you like shopping the in the store. Yeah. Stuff like that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they want you to buy a fork for a 4,000% markup, like the plastic pack of forks. Mm-hmm. And you're in the store shopping while your prescription's being filled. Exactly. You can buy a bunch of stuff that gives them profit. You can buy your cold medicine, your allergy medication, where you do actually make a profit from. Mm-hmm. Um, while okay maybe they lost some from their um prescription but hey at least they got you in the store right but 
that's why you may not necessarily make money on every single prescription that's coming in. Exactly. Now, I'm sorry I keep jumping in. I no, keep stopping. I love oh, it's it. good. This We're is why you need to be here because I'm breaking just like, it down for the common <laughs> folk it, but... because yeah. if people listen to this episode, I want them to be able to, to say, okay, that makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah, why. Definitely. So I started doing research mm-hmm. about your movie. Mm-hmm. Would you like shots with that? Mm-hmm. Yes. When he, she told us that you were going to be a, a guest. Yeah. And yes. one thing that blew my mind is a girl, a woman had a miscarriage one night. Yes. She went to work the next day with a pair of Depends on and just kept it moving. That blew my mind. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And uh, I remember when I was in the hospital once and she was trying to get off work. Ugh. And that was a... That was a big stretch. Like she, I was literally in the hospital and she left because she was like, I have to work the next day. Right. And another thing she says is kind of retail pharmacy kind of brainwashes the pharmacists about trying to call off, getting time off Mm -hmm. all of that. Yes. And she kind of saw that more when she left the retail side. Mm -hmm. Yes. Really like when you're in it, you don't really see it. Yeah, you just, no. and I know that that's part of it when you guys are trying to do like your interviews and talk to pharmacists and pharmacy techs, they're scared because yes. you don't want to lose your job. You don't want repercussions. I know that's a big thing for you guys trying to seal identities and make people comfortable with it. And it's like, yes. the now that I'm like a year, two years out from having worked at CVS, like you really see the damage that it does to you, like not only physically, but like mentally and how you look at things like now, if I want to call off of work, it's, it still makes me like a little nervous and they're just like, Oh yeah, no problem. Yeah. Feel better. Yeah. yeah let us know when yeah. you're feeling better. Mm-hmm. So that's good. But yeah, I can talk about a little bit about that person. So, um, okay. he's actually a trans man. And so he, um, was in that situation. And so he's having this miscarriage and just didn't even feel like he could not be at work and like that's not an uncommon story Mm -hmm. we hear that a lot actually people either miscarrying in the store they realize they have started to miscarry or have gone into labor we have a lot of people who um, shared stories with us where they do actually physically go into labor and will wait like while laboring Mm -hmm. until their store either closes Mm -hmm. or someone comes for coverage because they feel they a lot of times they'll prey on the empathy of pharmacists and technicians because right. we really yeah. do genuinely care about our patients and yeah. so people are like they won't get their stuff filled if i'm not here right. exactly mm-hmm. but it, so that's what's happening yeah that's exactly what they do i'm sure other people are going to have this reaction to yeah you can yeah definitely explain this to me but yeah. if you were in labor mm-hmm. wouldn't you just be like fuck this noise i'm <laughs> out of here i mean now i would but like i think right. back about like my behavior now versus my behavior previously right and so now like because another example that gets brought up a lot in the pharmacy community is that i know you mentioned on the last episode the pharmacist who died in indiana at a cvs Mm -hmm. who actually wait was having heart attack symptoms and waited in the store until her coverage arrived and had unfortunately passed away before that had happened and they did see like they actually did cpr in the store it was like um in the pharmacy like someone had gone back there and started like doing CPR on her. Oh my gosh. Um, no, it's a very, it's like a really, really tragic story. And that's part of the like whole brainwashing is like, yeah, now if I'm having a heart attack, like I'm going to be like, peace, I'm shutting <laughs> exactly. the gate down and I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. But they make it so that you feel like you're going to lose your job. 
Yes. Customer, it's also the expectations of your patients and your customers. Right. Um, because they don't understand. Like we have a lot of people who are like, oh, my store just got, like your store maybe gotten like robbed or something. Yep. And they're yeah. like taking care of it. Like, yeah, from the last episode, they're you're taking care of that. And people are just mad that it's closed. So I yes. actually thought of that. I had a couple stories from my time that were just like interesting. And like, you're just like, oh my gosh. One time we had an unfortunate incident happen in a store where they had to um, close the store down and bring a has like, bring in some like crisis negotiations like a hazmat team for a person who tried to harm themselves in the store and it's like a news article you can find it Mm -hmm. and um the people we felt like we're just outside of the store like because I wasn't I wasn't at work yet there were people like inside the store at work Mm -hmm. um they got a lot of people out of the store um but people were so ruthless to the managers who had to stand outside Mm -hmm. of this store to be like, we're closed today, we're closed, I'm sorry, we're closed. And they were just getting screamed at and cursed at because people couldn't handle the fact that someone had an emergency right? enough, like big enough that they had to shut the store down. Mm-hmm. And same thing, like we had, I was in a store that had a fire in it as well. And um, we had a fire and people were still not understanding like, oh, but why can't I go in? They were like smoke billowing. Oh my God. Why can't I go <laughs> in? To the sky. Oh my God. <laughs> Like you can see from like miles away and people are still like, but I don't understand. And so you just, you really buy into like, Mm -hmm. I have to be there. Yeah. But I, I I feel like they do that intentionally to brainwash you guys. Like this is me, not, not as a pharmacist, Mm -hmm. believe me, I am. And we're going to get into this further. I'm just so fascinated. (laughs) No, I love it. I love this. I am a producer. I've, worked on Netflix shows. I've worked on Hulu yeah. shows. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've, we should talk. We should talk later. I, absolutely. <laughs> <For> um, <laughs> but I'm just, she let me know that there was a problem. Yeah. Like if I wouldn't have married her, I would have never known. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Because yes. when you first walk in and you, as a consumer of the pharmacy, if the pharmacist is not counting pills, you're just like, what is she yeah, doing? Yes. Nothing, right? Yeah. Oh, nothing. They're not doing anything. That's exactly. the what the normal person thinks yeah. of pharmacists. Yes. Now, you doing research, you told me that your first episode is actually going to break down the basics of the actual yes. pharmacy. Right, yeah. And I think yes. that is a great start. Mm-hmm. But before we get jump into that, how did this idea come about? How did this... But I know you texted um, Kimberly Kessler, yeah I, texted right? Kim, yeah, I texted her and I was just like, no one knows what's going on back here. Right, <laughs> like, exactly. All this chaos is happening and we, no one knows. And she says, I have a friend who can help. Mm-hmm. And that friend is Ethan. And Ethan is our um, cinematographer. And okay. we just kind of ran with it. Cause I was like, I don't know how to do it. Okay. But right. I was like, I want to do a documentary. Okay. And she's like, I have a friend. And that friend can help. And we just like formed a little independent crew. Right. And just started going. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, yeah. So I'm going to jump it more in the film side of things and then say yeah, do it. more of the, the pharmacy <laughs> things. Oh, I love it. Love it. <laughs> you got this idea and you were just like, that's how most independent projects start. Mm-hmm. You get an idea yes. in your head and you're just yeah. like, let's go off and do let's it. Let's go. Yes. Let's go. So you're crowdfunding this correct yes what is your overall goal for that 
so our crowdfunding um so i guess we that's well I'll talk about the story of like how we started and yeah, yeah, um, how we yeah. decided to do it which is a little different than a lot of other films so i'll kind of break that down for a, yes. um, a general audience so a lot of independent projects they get the idea and they start going but they secure all the money first they right. get, a lot of films will get the financing ahead right. of time mm-hmm. because exactly. they're like with no money you can't do a film right and so we went this is so urgent we are going to do this in a stepwise manner right. so that we can do a few trips like a trip at a time is how we started this project okay. we've since pivoted a little bit but i'll start with our origin story okay um so we got on social media we started building our brand and talking to people and like really building trust so people would tell us stories and we did a lot of informal zooms and we got enough to cut the trailer that is on our gofundme right Mm -hmm. and um from that we just like got people really excited hey we're doing a thing Mm -hmm. and so our first goal was just to crowdfund enough to take our first trip which was to oklahoma city okay and so we're like we need twenty two thousand dollars Mm-hmm. And we just kind of put the goat, had different influencers, like um, in the pharmacy community, kind of retweet our, or yeah. repost our stuff and get the GoFundMe out there. And people saw the video and just, they opened their wallets and we were able to raise that money in three weeks. Mm-hmm. And then nice. we took our first trip. And then um, we kept promoting the GoFundMe and then we got enough money <laughs> to go on a second trip. Mm-hmm. And um, so a little bit of... Um, we have some opportunities for people like the GoFundMe is one. We also offer some sponsorship opportunities and some producer opportunities for a little bit more money. So we got um, at that point, we got a producer to sign on to kind of help us with the second trip. Mm -hmm. And um, we were able to go to Missouri um, for our second trip and get some footage there. And then how long long are these trips? A weekend, week? Yeah, that's a good, that's a great question. So these trips, the first one was five days um, in Oklahoma City. So we're down there for five days. How big is your crew? Our crew, so it started off with three people. Now it's bigger. Okay. Um, We are up to, we're up to eight people now. And so it's still pretty small for like um, an independent film. So we have um, myself, we have two like pharmacists who are just on the producer side of things we have our cinematographer and then we have two camera operators and one of them will usually double as sound yeah, and about sound. yeah we definitely yeah we have a sound person and we have like a a backup sound person Ethan sometimes will bring his brother okay if neither one of them is available because he does sound too so he's like come on and um so a sound person and then Ethan actually has been the person who's done the editing as well as the shooting up until this point. Mm-hmm. So he is kind of doing double duty double on duty. both right. of those things. So let me pause um, for a second. Most yeah. people don't know this, that when you're on location, the production company has to pay for all the flights, all the hotels, mm-hmm. they have to put up everybody for the mm-hmm. duration of the shoot. So when you travel, you have to pay all this overhead. Mm-hmm. So yes, yeah. I appreciate that call out because that is really important mm-hmm. um, because people were like, really excited and they gave us this money and a lot of people were like okay twenty two thousand. that's got to be enough right and we're like that's ah. enough for one trip <laughs> no. well see that's the reason why i want to drive this home is you guys are the production company and yes. 
it's expensive yep. to produce yep. media. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's why I'm saying you have to do X, Y, and Z because mm-hmm. most people don't think about that. Mm-hmm. You have to no. get insurance. You have to rent yep. cameras. Yep. You have to do meals. You have to do mm-hmm. Ubers, whatever. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it just All these little things add up. up. Mm-hmm. We, um, because we went to a pharmacy conference for our last, on our last shoot, and we were able to get some footage there. Um, we didn't factor in parking. We spent parking. so much money on parking oh, yes. because we were just like, we didn't even realize, like we didn't factor that in as a line item. It was fine, but we were like, that costs a lot. And like for our team, it's in, we're in a unique situation where it's like, um, we do not exploit here at Shots With That, but we are kind of a lean, very lean, AKA a little bit broke production company. Right. And yeah. so it's a lot of volunteer hours. Right. And so like, I haven't taken any money, our producers haven't, our crew has, we take care of the crew. And so we pay them right. for like being on location for the shoots. We, uh, when people are on a trip, for example, we're headed out to New York to capture some footage out there. Um, and I can talk more about that trip, but I'll talk about the logistics, mm-hmm. which right. are um, for that trip, you have to pay the day rate for your camera operators yep. and your sound person yep. plus every like you're saying everyone's flight yeah hotel yeah um, renting a car yeah um, we don't own all of our gear we're also um, most of our teams traveling across the country so we're renting a lot of gear yeah, yeah it's much um, easier to do that mm-hmm. going to la renting the camera equipment there instead of bringing it because i've done that i've flown yeah. with camera equipment and you have to worry about checking it. And then you have to worry about if mm-hmm. your lights are going to get broken while in baggage yep. claim. And yep. it's just so much easier to rent it. When you get there. Yes. Mm-hmm. Get and it. we did that last time. We we flew with all our stuff. And that's a huge expense, too. You have yeah. giant oversized bags. And so yeah. you're looking at at least $300 a bag yep. mm-hmm. um, each way. And so that was like $600 plus dollars just to fly the bags with yep. all of our equipment. It's so that's one thing I do really want to drive home is like, it is very expensive to do a film. And we write as of right now, like we're open to all kinds of possibilities, but we are doing this all independently, right? crowdfunded and funded with um, producer, a little bit of producer support. Mm-hmm. Are you going to pre-sell it after it's done? Are you working on pre-selling the, the, the finished product? We are trying, that's one of the angles. We, we're like closing off no path right now, basically. And so um, if we had a streaming service who was interested in us, um, we would definitely go into talks with them about pre-selling it. Mm -hmm. Um, We have, I can't say too much because we don't really know yet, but there's a couple of different um, other production companies who have been talking to us because they really like the idea. And so right. that would change the game because yeah. they actually have like a lot more money right. than we do. Yeah. So um, yeah, I can't say too much about that, but like that would be a huge game changer for us mm-hmm. if we were going to go that route. But we have a plan. If we have to execute this as like fully crowdfunded, we have a plan for that too. Mm-hmm. So. Right. I mean, the more attention you have, exactly, the buyers will come, the Netflix will come, the Hulus yes. will come. Mm-hmm. You'll have yeah. enough attention that they'll be like, we're going to buy this. Mm-hmm. And yes. if you put it in a film festival, South by Southwest, yes. Sundance, they're going to buy it. Mm-hmm. Yes. What are you, what are you shooting on? Like what kind so, of cameras? Um, oh gosh, I wish Ethan were here. Um, <laughs> I know it's like, um, I want to say 
it's like I know it's four in shot in 4k that okay. much I know and I want to say that we had cannons last either we are gonna do cannons this next time or we had cannons this last time and we're switching cameras I'm assuming you guys are going to stick with the same brand so it's gonna yeah, be it's a, yes you're in post to keep yes. everything together mm-hmm. so if you had a cannon last time you'll probably have a cannon this time mm-hmm. so yes. but, yeah. but I will get those specs so put in the show notes I'll get those notes <laughs> okay, okay. So that <laughs> that our camera folks can <laughs> yeah that's that's all him so <laughs> maybe we should start by again by saying you know the actual premise of your documentary yes. yeah we'll start yes. there Let's start. Let's start there. So yes, the whole premise was this, of this is the general public, when they walk up to a pharmacy, they're like, oh, cool, the pharmacist isn't doing anything right. if they're not physically counting pills. Mm-hmm. And so we want to sort of bring the public up to speed with, hey, one, we, we do more than that because you can't even just start in with the issues. Mm-hmm. Like the issues are mind boggling and eye opening and all of these kind of things, but it helps to be anchored like, yes. what are you even doing back there though? Mm-hmm. So that's where we're gonna start is just, what is normal workflow for a pharmacy so that it looks even more like jarring for the general public when we're like, well, there's actually rats in the wall at this one store, which is jarring to anybody. But then when you think, oh, these are prescriptions that go into someone's mouth mm-hmm. and there's rats there, Mm-hmm. that's the like whoa that doesn't compute also a lot of people don't realize how much stuff is done by the pharmacy that they thought was done at the doctor's office before we got prescriptions right mm-hmm. and so I'll explain a little bit of what I mean by that for the general audience which is a lot of the like for example insurance billing mm-hmm. and making sure it's paid like you are able to just walk up to the counter and Pay, say you have a copay, if you have an insurance card, you have a $10 copay to make sure it's that much rather than $250. Right. Like your doctor doesn't take care of any of that. You may be communicating with them, but it's all of your, your pharmacy is taking care of that. And a lot or, of people freak out about that. Oh, it's they do. $10. Yeah. I paid $10 the last time and now it's $12. <laughs> now it's how much? Now it's $12. Yeah. Yep. And people freak yeah. out and you're just yeah. like, we don't set, we don't control any of that, the pricing right. and people freak out at us or like, um, for example, with drug interactions, they, I will reiterate this very strongly for the general public. There are a lot of, if you take this drug, drug A with drug B together, that will kill you. Very bad. Yeah. Or if the dose of drug A is too high, it will kill you. And so there's a lot of interactions that they don't get. They get missed, unfortunately, when they come from the doctor to the pharmacy. One of the issues is in American healthcare, you have to see a PCP specialist over here, specialist over here, specialist over here. So systems don't talk. And I feel like that's really important for this audience because a lot of your people watching are seeing multiple specialists and those doctors don't talk to each other. They should. They They definitely should. But they don't. Mm -hmm. And so your pharmacist is your last line of defense to be like, I, that, these drugs don't mix. Mm -hmm. You should not take them. And so then take that really important piece of information where they're actually protecting your kidneys from failing because these drugs don't play nice together or protect you from like 
Um, bleeding out is another option with some of them. Like you could bleed out from some drugs. There's lots of things that could happen to you if the drugs interact poorly. Mm -hmm. And think about the environment we're in. Phones ringing. You have your short staff, someone leaning over the counter going, excuse me. Like yes. there's all of this chaos. And we want people to ask questions. We don't want to cut ourselves off. So we're, we're not available for questions. We just need more people back there. Exactly. So that everyone can take care of a different step. So the exactly. way the company regulates cost is not giving you enough tech help. Yeah, labor. Mm -hmm. Right? Labor. Yes. yes. So they don't want to spend the money to actually staff you guys up that you actually need to they run. They don't want to? Yep. Yeah, mm -hmm. they don't want to. Yeah. Yeah, or and can't. In a lot of situations, because of the low reimbursements, they actually, a lot of companies are actually just in a bind where they can't pay for it because they don't earn enough in like in that part of the store, mm -hmm. like in the pharmacy to be able to even give you more hours. So let me ask you, do pharmacies make money then? That's a tough, that's really tough because a lot <laughs> of you have to do extra services to make okay. money. You're not going to make money filling prescriptions. I, yeah. I keep coming back to her. I remember yes. she, she was working at an independent pharmacy yes. a long time ago. Mm -hmm. They would turn away some drugs because they were just like, oh, we don't get reimbursed for that. Or yeah, whatnot. especially when you're an independent, you have to do that sometimes. But mm -hmm. we're talking about the bigger retail, like the CVSs, the Walmarts. Do those make money? So let's put CVS in its own category. Okay. Because they own... so. Pharmacy and how pharmacy insurance works is your insurance company contracts with what's called a pharmacy benefit manager or a PBM to okay. manage the like the pharmacy insurance. Right. So like when you go to a pharmacy and you have a copay, that pharmacy benefit manager, um, based on information given to them by the plan, mm -hmm. kind of takes care of all of that pharmacy stuff in the middle. But they also carve a piece off. Yep. Like they, they're incentivized to like get a bigger piece of the pie. So they mm -hmm. like take what arguably is a large, like a bigger share of the pie than mm -hmm. they should be for yeah. like the services that they are providing. That's a problem. So they siphon money off. They basically, yeah. In, yeah. They basically siphon because money off. Because I'm trying to generalize this yes. for the audience. Yes. So they, so they, they, siphon, yeah, they, they siphon money off. And okay. so they like. Um, one good video that could be worth posting is um, he, his name is Dr. Glockenflecken, and yes. he has a very funny PBM video that is PBM. very, uh, the pharmacy, pharmacy benefit, benefit manager, sorry, okay. I did not define that, yeah. pharmacy benefit manager, aka PBM mm -hmm. video that's very generalizable to mm -hmm. a general audience and explains yes. it really well. He so. does so many great videos, honestly, on insurance and the nonsense that he sees. So Yeah. And so how this all factors in is because they're not reimbursing pharmacies well, because another thing they do is they steer um, prescriptions to their own pharmacies. Yep. So the ones that pay out, they're going to steer to their fill, pharmacy. Yeah. They're like, maybe you can fill your first refill at a, a Walgreens, but then... You actually have to use our mail order pharmacy. Yeah. After that. you're always like, they want you to do mail order. Yes, we have that problem yeah. <laughs> because of where I, I work. Because so. I don't understand yeah. it. Like, I just want to go to the pharmacy and pick up my stuff. And she's like, no, 
They want you to do mail order. I've, yes, I keep trying to explain. Oh, yes, because, yeah. and so they want you to do mail order. And so one of the people that we're going to follow in the film has, um, she's doing a lot of advocacy around um, pharmacy choice and not having to be forced to mail order because of mm -hmm. how her son's prescriptions were improperly shipped. Mm -hmm. And her son went into transplant rejection because oh. of medication shipped on a hot day. Mm -hmm. And from a mail order, because they don't ice them or anything if it's room temperature medication, right. and they sit in your mailbox. Mm -hmm. um, that doesn't always happen. It's, sometimes it comes fine, but a lot of people run into that issue. But the reason they steer you to the mail order is they can control costs that way. Yep. Yes. Mm -hmm. They're I like, hey, oh, if we just put everyone in this one place, we don't have to pay all these pharmacies anything. Mm -hmm. We just keep it in house. Exactly. Much. Cheaper. And so you would think CVS, who owns one of these pharmacy benefit managers, mm -hmm. would staff their stores super well. Right. No, they just think of it as a separate thing. Yes. They're like, oh, the pharmacy doesn't make money. Mm -hmm. The PBM makes money. Exactly. And so so the they pharmacy just don't staff their make money. Right. Mm -hmm. For so. the most part. I, I don't think it's like, when I say don't make money, for some independent pharmacies, like, in, let's define independent versus chains for a general audience. Yes, please. Mm -hmm. Yes. So a, a chain pharmacy is like your Walgreens, your CVS, the ones in the grocery store. Big corporate. Mm -hmm. Big corporate. An independent pharmacy, let's think like mom and pop. Yes. Small store. Like, the kind of pharmacies that most people don't know exists anymore. Yeah. Are they still around? Yeah. They are. They're still around, but it's really hard to stay open as one just filling you can't stay open as one just filling prescriptions and that's when we're going to talk about other services they can do mm -hmm. such as vaccines or testing mm -hmm. or um having really robust like vitamin section there's right. other things you can do to supplement your income besides just selling prescriptions and that's why cvs is pushing uh shots for covid flu vaccine yes. Mm -hmm. I want yeah. you to jump in here because I feel like I'm not no you're good it, I like your questions this stuff I'm trying to figure out like I know I got a sneak preview of you because you've done this you've yeah I'm, I'm a little bit more educated than most because of her mm -hmm. but yes. I'm coming from the general listening audience that is like okay explain no that. I love this and it helps me because it helps us because um, our team is so pharmacist heavy. It really helps to have that outside perspective to be like, what? What does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> oh, what okay. does that mean? And so, um, mm -hmm. yes. So if we think about, like, I want to come out and say it for the record. Vaccines are good, okay? Yeah. I know. It's so tricky. Yes, they are good. <laughs> please. Like, um, so we'll come out and say that. However, there's only so many people who are eligible for, for certain immunizations at any given time. Exactly. You can only ask and recommend and be like, this is what I recommend. This is what I'm asking you to do. Is a professional, you should not be forcing people like, hey, I have to ask you every single time if you want a tetanus shot. And you're like, yo, I just got a tetanus shot five years ago. I'm not due for five years. Stop asking me. Mm -hmm. Like, it should be like, hey, you ask, you make sure that they are up to date on their vaccinations and then you let it go. Exactly. Right. I agree. And then, but a lot of your, a lot of places are incentivized to push the vaccinations because they do make good money on this. Yep. So let me pause you right there. She, I go to a doctor 
and Sammy actually did a vaccine clinic out of his office to do flu vaccines mm-hmm. for the store. Yes. yes. So that's another way. Yeah. That's another way. And yeah. So setting up those clinics mm-hmm. and um, which, I mean, that's one way because it's like, cool, you're getting a lot of vaccinations at once, but a lot, some of these stores, some district managers will tie the number of hours um, your store gets for technician hours to mm-hmm. your performance on these vaccines. Yeah. So if you don't give enough vaccines, mm-hmm. they will cut your tech hours. And we have someone who sent us a recording of that. Mm-hmm. They wow. recorded their district manager saying this. Wow. I bet he was pissed when he, can you he use that in the film? Um, so it was recorded in a state that is a one party consent state. Okay. And so, okay. We have, we're have learning a lot about our recording laws because we have a lot of recordings True. sent to I'm us. I'm sure you do. True. I'm sure you yeah. have an entertainment attorney helping. We have, yes, we have an attorney as well. That makes, and sense. So, makes sense, yeah. But um, yes, for that recording that was shared with us, um, he said, and um, we haven't like shared it anywhere yet, but he came out and said, you can't, like, if you don't give so many shots, I'll cut your hours. I'll cut your tech hours. So that's terrible. I remember when Sammy was working for CVS, Mm -hmm. she would have to open the pharmacy on a Saturday. She had no tech out and she was there by herself from open to close. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's just crazy. Mm -hmm. Going back to just like kind of contextualizing this for a general audience, think about, so your pharmacist is there open to close and now that's a lot more common during the week as well. Like I was alone on weekends too, and it was manageable. Well, I was never, you're alone alone. I yeah. usually got it, I had a peck at least, but yeah. a lot of pharmacists are alone alone, even during the week in some cases. And so if you think, let's go back to the thinking about the process of dropping off a prescription. Mm-hmm. It is one pharmacist who in some cases does not eat right. the entire shift. Yep. Now some stores are getting better and they give them lunch and they let them close, but mm-hmm. then people knock on the gate. You're, yeah, you're not like really left alone. Um, mm-hmm. Or people will work through lunch yep. because they're like, I feel behind. Yep. But they are typing the prescription into the system. They are checking their own work. They are yep. filling their own prescription. Yep. And so if you make the mis- if you either miss a mistake from the doctor or make a mistake once, your brain already made that mistake you're not going to catch it right necessarily that's why you have multiple people a tech and a pharmacist looking at prescriptions Mm -hmm. before it goes out the door but if you only have that one set of fatigued eyes you're going to miss those potentially fatal and very dangerous drug interactions yes that we talked about before Mm -hmm. that's terrible so is this what got you into wanting to produce media this whole crisis oh so i actually i um like i said i like am a writer and i love storytelling i just think it's so like the human condition is so fascinating i love like fiction nonfiction. it's all great so i've wanted to do like something like this not necessarily this is a whole new world like documentary isn't necessarily a place that i saw myself but i'm i'm very fortunate and blessed that i've gotten here Mm -hmm. like um so the spark the spark was there to do something creative like this. Um, this was just the catalyst into a project that was viable enough to mm-hmm. go forward. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. It's so cool. But, that works. Yeah. That works. So, 
that is that is kind of there's so much I could go into. So like whichever direction you want to take me, I have there's like so many nuances and layers to this project that we So I think we're still at the caveat that our our listeners are gonna listen to this and say, What is she really talking about? So Yeah, definitely. Make sure you explain that. Like what the film is, why is it your why is this yeah. so important? Yes. I so want to make sure say, that when people listen to the episode, mm -hmm. they're like, yes. I get it. Good point. Yeah. So let's take a step back. And um, before we get into any of these topics, so the first thing I want to do is just explain to our audience today, before I start talking about other stuff and getting into that nitty gritty, what the heck is this film? Yes. And so after we explain what a pharmacist does, then the next thing is we're going to talk about some of the working conditions I'll go into mm -hmm. um, as we talk through this episode. So things like not being staffed appropriately, right. talking about pharmacies not being reimbursed, being forced and incentivized to sell more vaccines, pharmacists working alone, people miscarrying in stores, people dying in stores. We'll start getting into some of that, whoa, this doesn't sound like what you talked about in the beginning of your documentary where you're talking about, this is how a pharmacy should work. That is not how a pharmacy is working. No. Right. And so we'll kind of create some of that, whoa, you said this is supposed to be going on, but this is going on over here. Mm -hmm. And so these are some of the working conditions. And then we'll get into some of the history and like why it's like that. Because okay. COVID is where a lot of people, so if you, if you think back to the last three years, a lot of the general public first started noticing these issues when they could, they're either long lines, yep. delays, or they couldn't get their prescriptions filled. Mm -hmm. Before Why that, do you think COVID did it? Like you said, you they had these problems before COVID, but why is COVID special? What what happened there? Yeah, so I think the reason that COVID is special is because the workload shifted. Mm -hmm. Because at first, with all the vaccine, because it was no one, we didn't have a vaccine. Nope. Right. No one, so obviously, no one had it. To mm -hmm. oh a big swath of the population is eligible for this vaccine, like basically everyone. Right. Mm -hmm. And so they had public health clinics and big clinics for a while, but then because most other vaccines are given in pharmacies, they just turned it over and said, pharmacies, you fit this in your workflow with not necessarily extra help or like limited extra help. So some people would be, you would never have a chance to get back to filling prescriptions. Yeah. You would just be stuck in the immunization room, yep. giving shot after shot after shot while you're, the number of prescriptions that you need to be filled just piles up mm -hmm. while you keep giving shots. Exactly. So let me ask you this question. The pharmacy yeah. is, is still making money off the shots, correct? They are. So they're, they are. They're, they're profiting off the shots, but they're not getting money from the lack of prescriptions being filled. Correct. Okay. Mm -hmm. but they, I, so, I wanna make sure yeah. people are, following the yeah. economics so they have so a reason to push thank you for turning that light on I was, <laughs> yeah, I, was like, oh, I was like it's getting dark um so but yeah they have a reason to keep pushing the vaccines too because that's really where the money is going to be so okay. they're not going to care as much that you're five days behind that's why if they're you're not, on top of giving your vaccine that's why you have right. stores weeks behind because they're giving out so many vaccines this is part of that's it that's part of it that's part of it it's mostly because they're giving out so many vaccines also the burnout like right. a lot, a lot of people soul searched during COVID because they're like, whoa, this really right. big catastrophic event happened. Why am I in this, in the back of this store getting yelled at? Right. I'm going to leave. And right. so enough people, there's not a shortage of pharmacists. 
Right. No. That's exactly because what she was that's saying. That's like a one thing I want to say to the general audience because all of the news articles are like, there's a shortage of pharmacists. There is a shortage of pharmacists who want to work in the conditions that are out there. And so a lot of people just left the profession entirely or yeah. they went to new jobs. Mm-hmm. And so they can't hire, they, some of the stores are offering, let's, I'm going to say this for very publicly, very slowly, $100,000 as the sign-on bonus, as an incentive but they to don't... get pharmacists. Mm-hmm. But they still can't get anyone to take it. Nope. So they're like, right there. it's not worth it. They're offering a hundred thousand dollars sign-on bonus, but yes, they're not yes. just writing you a check. Here's a hundred. No, grand. they tie your they they tie your soul into it. It's probably yes. a five-year contract. Like exactly. okay, um, because people, when people hear oh quit. they're giving a hundred thousand dollars away, people are going to be like oh, but when no. you say when you literally break it down and say yeah. they're not giving you a hundred thousand dollar check, Mm-mm. it's over five years. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. then it's more, a, more of a bigger deal. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so they don't give it to you right away. But even with that, like that's a lot of money. Yeah. That's, that's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And people, like we have a store who is giving out that, uh, I don't think there was a hundred, I think there's was 75 mm-hmm. last I checked. There was a store in our area giving out 75,000 to be a pharmacy manager, which is to be the manager in charge of the pharmacy. In yeah, the, back. the PIC. Yep. Yes, the, the PIC, the pharmacist in charge. And two people tried to take it and two people just turned the money back in basically because they give you some upfront mm-hmm. and right. like, so they'll give you like maybe 20,000 upfront and they just went, here's your money back. They couldn't even make it through the probationary period where they could keep that money. Oh my the God. conditions were so poor. They're like, forget this. Here's your money back. Horrible. I don't even want it. Oh my wow. Gosh. So mm-hmm. you might've told Sammy this, but you you work at an independent or a hospital? Or I work at a hospital now. Okay. So um, I work at a hospital. I'm totally re- I totally removed from the community side of things at this point in my career. Um, so I have a I I don't know. Hospital has its own set of issues, but it's like pharmacy is so nuanced. We're like the scope of this film can't even get into hospital pharmacy because outpatient pharmacy is big enough like retail pharmacy is big enough right mm-hmm. like that's its own like it's totally separate world exactly so yeah. would you consider doing another film where you dive into hospital pharmacy maybe we don't we haven't taken anything off the table so we could i don't feel like um maybe i'm just fortunate to work in a good hospital like that's decent like there's again there's understaffing problems, there's metrics, like there's right. corporatization of hospitals as well, but you still are sheltered from a little bit of it right. when you're there because you like, the stress is just different. Right. If there is stress, like I don't, re- honestly, like I feel stress when it's like life and death, actual life and death situations because they're calling me for drugs like this person is dying, can you hurry? Oh my gosh. Yes, yes, I'll hurry. Mm -hmm. And I feel stress in those situations, but it's not from like this person's yelling at me because I have a $1 copay um, on a medication or I've been yelled at because it's too cheap before. Someone yelled at me because their copay was too low. What is that in the world? It was five cents and they're like, it's too cheap. Okay. Why is it so low? And I was like, I, what do you mean? <laughs> like, what is this? What is this? Like a prank? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. Ugh. Where Where were we at before? So we were talking about. We were talking about COVID and met- metrics. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. COVID and, and metrics, about and where that's you why were going COVID made it. it worse because yeah, yeah. There's metrics. 
COVID and like you couldn't get prescription and you know that these prescriptions are life-sustaining for people yes like this they need these prescriptions to live and so you're just like super torn because you're like I need to get back to filling prescriptions I know vaccines are important they are really good for public health but I can't be in the shot room and be out here filling prescriptions and be at the counter counseling on prescriptions because a lot of times people aren't given information at their doctor's office anymore because they're like, oh, your pharmacy will go over it with you. And so having enough time to go through medication, like newly prescribed medications with patients is also really important. Right. Because a lot of like, a lot of times people are just prescribed a new medication and they have no idea why. Mm-hmm. That's so um, that's why COVID was kind of the catalyst because a lot of it's just the workload went up and then the staffing went down because people just started quitting because they're like forget this I just like one of the things the reasons I was like you know what I want to personally vote with my feet I'm not in the worst situation by any means this is my part-time job and the company is fine but I was like I don't want to be a part of a system that incentivizes pharmacists to make unsafe choices because that's what it is at the end of the day pharmacists are being incentivized so they're like in a sense being forced to make unsafe choices every day Mm -hmm. and pharmacists are saying no it is my license it is my duty to keep people safe this environment doesn't allow me to do that so i'm going to i would rather just leave exactly than be a part of this so like we have pharmacists just like doing completely different careers yep i've heard people who are just a lot of pharmacists are pretty financially savvy and they've planned it out. So they're like, I don't have to think about my next move for two years. So I can just sit at home for two years mm-hmm. and collect my thoughts and regroup. Figure it out. Um, figure yeah. it out. Um, a lot of people ended up taking mental health leaves. Yes. Like a lot of people mm-hmm. were like, I am so depressed. Like to the point where I don't think I'm going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, I need to like, at least take a leave of absence from my job. So I don't like harm myself. Yep. I've seen that from the pressures from work. Mm-hmm. Like we have talked to a lot of people who have unfortunately thought about um, dying by suicide mm-hmm. because of the working conditions. Yeah. And a lot of depression that's unmasked because of the working conditions. Yeah. That blows my mind. Yeah. If you, there's actually stats, like we're pharmacists are in the top 10. Yes. For professions for suicide. Right. And so that like is a pretty telling statistic there. It's there's a lot of more like what's called moral injury where it's not like your moral code. Basically, it can't align with your environment that you're in because mm-hmm. they're, it's asking you to do things like basically against your morals constantly all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's just like that's really damaging, like yeah. mentally to a person. Mm hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. But um, something we do want to do like with this film, because a lot of people think, um, especially we did the trailer on that's you can see on our website the way we did, because we're like, this will, this is the most shocking thing we have right now and it will get us money. Mm -hmm. That's not where our film ends. Like we Uh can talk about doom and gloom all day, but I want to talk about kind of like rounding out our film because Mm -hmm. like you got to shock people. And like make them invested and make them care but we also have to make them care about pharmacy right and so part of that is letting people know why pharmacy is even important 
And so going back, tying it back into like, no, like these are people who are protecting you from life-threatening interactions. That's the, that's the very most basic thing they do. Mm-hmm. But a pharmacist has a um, most, all new pharmacists since the year 2000 or um, around there have doctorates in pharmacy. Mm-hmm. And so these are doctorate level professionals who have a lot of capability for improving the American healthcare system. And we want to let the general public know what those things are. Mm-hmm. For example, um, an example I'm going to use that I, I really like to use, there's two. So two examples. First one is what's called pharmacogenomics. Mm-hmm. So what pharmacogenomics is, is basically like everyone has genes inside of them, like their genetics, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Those genetics interact with your pills. And right now it's basically a one size fits all system. Yeah. But if you can have pharmacists, like look at your, your genes and be like, well, you, this is why you're having all these side effects Mm -hmm. on these certain medications because your genes are not work. They don't work with those pills. And so if you can like prevent side effects more upstream because you have pharmacists looking at genetic and genomic profiles, then it would be saving a lot of healthcare dollars because, and patient harm because they're like, let me tailor the medication to you more. Mm-hmm. And so that's like a field that's, um, they talk about in school a lot, but isn't very big right. because people don't go into it because it's not supported like with money by um, outside of like really niche areas because people like a lot of things aren't going to be able to flourish if the general public has no idea that's even a thing that could be possible. Like, wow, mm-hmm. my I don't have to suffer through four different antidepressants before I find the right one. Exactly. I can figure it out a little bit quicker because my gene, because like a pharmacist looked at my genomic profile. Why aren't more pharmacists doing that? We should be supporting that. Mm -hmm. The other thing that pharmacists can do to really help a general public is think about it like an older relative of yours who's on 20 medications plus or yourself. A lot of people, exactly. People Mm -hmm. of all ages are on like 20 medications there's something called de-prescribing because mm-hmm. a lot of times doctors will be like, you're having this problem. Here's more pills. You're having this right. problem. Here's more pills. Yeah. But you can, a pharmacist can look at that and go, you don't need to be on 20 pills. Right. Exactly. You can be on like seven pills. Mm-hmm. Right. The reason you're having all these problems is because of the other pills. Mm-hmm. And so um, that again, there's not money in that right now, right now it's not like, that financially supported you have really have to be like an entrepreneur um you really have to like have your own business model where you're getting patients to pay you consulting fees to help right. prescribe them mm-hmm. or like some insurance companies will incentivize uh like people to sit down with a pharmacist to like go through their medication because it saves the insurance company money but right. again those all have metrics and quotas and they're mm-hmm. not giving the person the amount of time to actually go through their profile and like really look, okay, what medication should you be on? Mm -hmm. Because everything has a time clock. Like, oh, can you do that in 10 minutes though? When maybe it should take more than 10 minutes to look through an entire person's profile. Right, exactly, yeah. That's crazy. That's how it is. And like, those are the cool things that pharmacists could be doing. And we wanna show like, these are options that pharmacists could be doing if you fix some of these other issues like staffing and reimbursement over here. And some of it has to do with the, some of the reasons we're here is because of legislation right, and right. types of different types of reform that need to happen. So we'll touch yeah. on that. We'll touch on things like unionization. 
Mm-hmm. You think, as an option. You think the government or needs to step in and regulate the pharmacy industry? Let me tell you a fun fact for the general public about how pharmacy is regulated that we learned. Um, well, we didn't learn it, but it was reinforced the other day by someone. So each state has a board of pharmacy, right. which is responsible for overseeing pharmacists okay. and pharmacies. Yeah. Okay. Those boards of pharmacies are appointed in each state, usually by the governor. Okay. And so they'll appoint people to sit on this board. And it, for the most part, they're just keeping track of your license. So each pharmacist has a pharmacist license and they're making sure you follow all the rules and mm-hmm. whatnot. And they, um, each state has state laws about how to do pharmacy. And so they make sure those rules or laws are being followed. However, the big corporations, so CVS is the most egregious of all of them. Yeah. They're on boards of pharmacy, usually as like the chairperson in 20 states. So they're on the board yeah. that yes. would regulate yes. the pharmacies. Yep. Yep. Shouldn't that, do you remember when uh, Microsoft was getting sued for having a monopoly back in the 90s? Oh, yes. That's where I'm going with that. That's an overstep of power, I would say. You would think, but it's not illegal. It's just questionable behavior, but it's not illegal behavior. Yep. And so they tried to get on boards of pharmacy in every state. All so, the big companies do. Yep. So nobody looks so the, at that and says, that's suspicious. Maybe we shouldn't let that happen. You would think. No one knows. People don't know. They're pro- I, um, oh. That's something we're still like researching into like, how, it's, actually one person gave us really good insight in an interview that we just had. Um, so this person has asked to remain anonymous because they're like, hey, don't don't throw my name in this. But they said it's lobbying money. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, they have money to lobby the governor where a regular pharmacist or a regular because um, it has to be made up of pharmacists and like usually two public members who are non-pharmacists in a lot of states or like one or two people who to just keep it a little bit balanced. But you you want pharmacists regulating pharmacists. Right. Yeah. So you and know what's so, going on. Exactly. Yes. And so like these companies will lobby the governor. Oh, this this person has these great credentials. Like yep. look at this person. You should appoint them. And they're like, eh. Okay. Sure. Okay, I don't know anything because, about this. <laughs> right, yeah, I don't know anything, I know. but they're like, they're a general public member. And so right. they're like, oh yeah. They're like, they hear CVS Walgreens. And that's who you think of when you think of pharmacy. Exactly. So you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense that they would be on the board. Mm -hmm. But then they are like able to kind of not necessarily, they're not necessarily going to put in rules that make their companies like look bad. Exactly. Mm -hmm. When people watch this show, what do you want them to get out of it? The documentary? Yeah. Yeah, with the documentary. So what we want people, like, there's la- there's layers, right? And so there's something for everyone. Right. Base layer. You can just not yell at the pharmacist in the text. Like, basic 101 is human decency. Yes. Like, that's step one. But we want them to feel a level of outrage and kind of, like, shock. Because they're like, what's happening? Mm-hmm. Whoa. That is, like really, really shocking. Mm -hmm. And so because a lot of times public outrage is what gets things to actually change. Like pharmacy, unfortunately, has this tendency to be its own echo chamber. 
-hmm. So we yeah. yell about it internally a lot because people yeah. are scared of losing their jobs. And so they yell about it in safe spaces or anonymously online, but they don't want to branch out from that. So the public just has no idea anything's happening. So we want to create some public outcry. Like, wow, this could be anyone. Like, because right. we have some patient stories like um, that we're going to follow some people. Like, for example, Loretta is her name, the one whose son went into transplant rejection. That could be anyone's son. Right, right. If exactly. insulin comes and it's hot and you're a type 1 diabetic and you need insulin, like, that is a life and death problem. Mm -hmm. Or we have another person, um, because we're talking about how COVID kind of was the catalyst and got really public attention on this issue. We have someone who was sick with COVID mm -hmm. at home couldn't get out very easily to the pharmacy and they couldn't get any of their medication um, for two weeks. Oh man. And it, all they needed was like an inhaler oh, my and God. some like steroids and some like Teslon pearls. It was just like, not, they didn't need that much, what? but they couldn't get it. Sorry, cough, the cough drops. No, those okay. little yellow pills okay. that you got. Beads, cough. Little cough beads that, sorry, mm -hmm. jargon slip, but they yeah, needed exactly. like a cough syrup a steroid and an inhaler and they're just sitting at home like sick not able to breathe with covid because right. they kept going and because the pharmacy was so far behind they just then never got to her stuff for two weeks oh my gosh and that could be anyone that could be anything every single person is touched by pharmacy because any single person could anyone can get sick it's like that's yeah. one of the things with this podcast is letting people know everyone is one accident or injury or illness away from having something like chronic pain exactly. absolutely every like it, it's disability is the one like um underprivileged or minority group that every single person may enter into like any day of their life you never know when if it's your time if that's going to happen to you and so it's like no these issues touch everyone yeah that's true mm -hmm. so outrage because it, this is everyone's issue mm-hmm and yeah. so um, public outrage is what really moves the needle because we, yeah. um, some of the films and like books and things we look towards are um, things like Silent Spring. The reason we have an EPA, that book in the 60s is it was about, um, so Silent Spring is, was an author who was like, we need to regulate how chemicals are used in our environment mm -hmm. okay. because she basically said, imagine a silent spring. So basically where all of the pesticides and stuff have killed off all of the birds and bugs and like yeah. all that vibrance of spring. And people were like, oh, my spring could be like that. Like this really, she just created this desolate picture of yeah. what the world could look like. And that got enough public outrage to get the Environmental Protection Agency started. Mm -hmm. Okay. Wow. And then there's another film um, that we like to reference as a kind of like we would love to do that is it's called the bleeding edge it's about the medical device industry and how unregulated that industry is and they actually were able to get at least one of the medical devices pulled from the market because it was so unsafe i think we, we watched that, that. yeah i think oh, we did watched that. sounds familiar yeah <laughs> i think it was yeah. on that it was on Netflix, yeah. So yeah, okay, yeah. Um, sure it was on Netflix. We actually, um, one of the people who was in that film, Angie, the main character, she actually works at the pharmacy where we're going to film in New York. Oh, that's okay. cool. So, okay. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And um, so we know that films can make a difference. Or another person we've talked to, like we were able to get some footage of is 
the pharmacist documentary with Dan Schneider about his son in the opioid crisis, also on Netflix. Um, it's a docu-series. Remember the pharmacist? Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, we guy. watched that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yes. that guy, his, um, his story, because he's like, it helped my advocacy a lot in being able to um, help combat the opioid epidemic and like right. um, whatnot. But he's also like, it paved the way for other people to start doing um, stuff on it. Cause like dope sick came out yes. because that showrunner watched the pharmacist and he was like, Oh, I have an idea for show. <laughs> and the so showrunner then he was actually on Buffy, the vampire. Oh, snake. really? Oh, I didn't it was, know that. Uh, <laughs> it was, the, it was the, the Jonathan. The oh yes Jonathan. i forgot he did that yeah yeah he, i just wanted to throw that out but yeah that's <laughs> oh it. that's cool yeah such a small like all these connections small right, world, yeah. so like you'll find just, yeah media is very it's very personable you'll find a crew and you'll be like okay i like you we'll work on other projects together mm-hmm. very oh, nice camaraderie if you'd say yeah. and that's what we found honestly like because people are like wow you um for being a small team of like really only our um, cinematographer and a couple of our camera operators have any experience in this industry they're like wow you were able to do really well and a lot of that's because of that camaraderie we literally will reach out to people and be like will you talk to us mm-hmm. and like give us tips mm-hmm. and people are like willing to talk to us and oh, give us connections good. and yeah um help us out so it's a very honestly so far a pretty friendly industry yeah. oh yeah that's great yeah, so. very much so. Mm-hmm. I'm. I mean, as soon as she told me that you were coming on, I was been researching mm-hmm. your film and wanting to talk to you because I've been excited to mm-hmm. because right, this you. is such a dangerous topic. Mm-hmm. People don't understand that, mm-hmm. and I'm no. glad that you're shedding light on it. I agree. Obviously, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that for, like Where? a lot because oh. it's very meaningful. Where can people donate to the crowdfunding, get more information about this? Where can people? Yes. So there's a few ways that people can either donate or um, learn more about us. So we have a GoFundMe. It's on our website. We'll also um, provide the link so that you guys can see it um, in the show notes. notes. Yeah, show notes. It'll be down there. But um, our website is Mm shotswiththat.com. And... um, all social media our handle is at shots with that and so you can learn more we have um we're on facebook instagram twitter and linkedin and TikTok. so you can go watch some of our previous videos mm-hmm. learn more um, if you have questions dms are open so just um, feel free to dm us our email is also on our website if you want to learn more and just like um we're a pretty friendly bunch we like chatting with people so mm-hmm. Are you the main person that runs it? So I am directing it at this time. So I, just, I am I just, very cool. I just followed you today. My oh, perfect. Robert 1950 studio. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. With okay. Nelly. Nelly, yes. The rapper. <laughs> yes. That's yeah. If you could follow me back, because I'll I follow you back. Yeah. connections that I could send your way. Like yeah, if you ever perfect. need yeah. like cast more film people, I can oh. help you out with that. Mm-hmm. I know. I know a person that comes to mind right now that would love to join your crew. Oh, 100%. We would love that. Like, um, I don't know if you have, like, um, if you have any time after the show. Absolutely. We'll talk I, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, but we can, um, we can do the outro. But, um, yes, you can 
look at the GoFundMe in the show notes, hit us up on our website or on social media. Um, in addition, there are opportunities. If you are a pharmacist or technician or a patient, lots of patients and opportunities for the general public to also share their story. We have a form on our website. It's just called Share Your Story. Um, you can either be anonymous or not. If you have a story about a pharmacy experience, either positive or negative, drop it in there. And like we take um, your information protection really seriously. The more stories, the better, because um, fun plug, in addition to doing the film version, we're also doing a book because there's a lot of content and it lends itself really well to like a deeper dive in a book form. So we're collecting all of those stories for that book. Have you ever um, thought about doing a podcast as with the movie? Uh, we had so that's one of the things we had a like, kind of a brainstorming session today, and we're trying to leverage our content. And um, podcast is one of the things that popped up to see if we could yeah, maybe do cool. that with some of the content that we have. Mm-hmm. I know that's what they did with the show on uh, Discovery. They released the podcast first, and then the the show came out. So that's oh, nice. that's new marketing for people in the industry. And networks like that because you could awesome. sell it in a bundle. Mm-hmm. Yes. So yes. That would be super cool. Double whammy of content. That's true. Yeah. Because it could be like you have book, film, podcasts, like triple right. whammy. Exactly. Like, nice. So, um, yeah, definitely we would love those stories. And if you um, are compelled to give a little bit more, we have sponsorship opportunities um, for individuals starting at $1,000. Um, you can become a sponsor. Um, if you're a business that starts at $3,000, you can also be an associate producer um, for an individual that starts at $10,000, but there is an opportunity for a return on investment um, potential for that. Um, and if you would like to be an executive producer for an individual that starts at $30,000, so there is um, an opportunity for a little bit more of a return on investment if anybody is interested in those levels. But honestly, if you want to buy us a sandwich in the airport and you give us like 10 bucks, like uh-huh. it all spends the same. So. Absolutely. Yes, right? We won't yes. take anything. So. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Sammy, I feel like I've monopolized. No, what, it was so good because I. What do you want to say? No, just because like I've lived this just like you. I mean, yes. we have very similar stories starting off as techs and interns, then working in the retail world. And I left in 2021, uh, you know, got out of it. So um for me like i've i've been part of this that's why i'm so interested in it. and i think it's so great that you're doing it because i do think more people should know what we've been going through what's happening and i think it's great that you were here to ask questions because you're asking questions i wouldn't think of because i just know like I know about the pbm issues i know PBM. how people acted during covid i know what it was like the pharmacy benefit manager yeah you so you're still doing really it <laughs> you're so, it's hard it's really hard to check yes, yourself and be like right general audience general yes, audience. i can i can talk like side effects and i can get that down when i talk to patients but when i get to this higher stuff i'm just like oh yeah people don't know this <laughs> i hear it from you mm-hmm. but when i hear it from her it like brings me in it's like an emotional connection i know she's a storyteller did you yeah. not hear that yeah like <laughs> when you, she I was telling that. me about the pharmacist that died of a heart attack in indy that indy, blew yeah. my mind yeah that yeah. you know that's but mm-hmm. it that this is such a problem it is people just don't know about it mm-hmm. no they don't and it's so relatable too so just like one other thing i'll say about it being really generalizable a lot of industries are really messed up right now. So a lot of people will be able to relate to this because they'll yeah. be like, oh, oh, snap. 
that's my work. Mm-hmm. That's me too. Like um, things like the railroad strikes that are going on mm-hmm. and those workers' rights issues. Like yeah. there's a lot of labor violations, a lot of industries that people will be Honestly. like, oh, mm-hmm. oh, I, I relate to that. Mm-hmm. Right. That's a good point, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately. You know, like, hopefully we can. Hollywood and all that. Yep. Same everywhere. Difference. Same difference. You'll learn everywhere. about that. The more and more you get into this, like, you're so you are in production correct you're already in production and everything. we're already in production it's like a weird hybrid because we since we don't have money it was like half pre-production right. half yeah. production but um yes we're in where are you going next new york we're going to new york and so what, um what are those dates of production so we are going um we fly out april 5th and uh, we are doing a three-day shoot and then coming back on the 9th Okay. I'm actually staying because I want to like do a little solo right. vacay just to like <laughs> hang out. And my so I'm, um, my husband and daughter were gracious to be like, it's fine. <laughs> and um, so I'm going to hang out till the 12th. But um, yeah, that'll be in Tannersville, New York. So kind of upstate an hour from Albany. Okay. Um, and we'll also be in the Tannersville, Phoenicia and um, Woodstock are the places that we're going wow that's cool yes i don't think it's gonna be like that kind of i'm sorry but you know (laughs) a little bit different you know but wow Mm -hmm. but yeah no it is that woodstock though how many hours a day are you going to be shooting so um right now it's kind of some of it's flex because two of the interviews we're capturing are actually um anonymous and so it's like um those could like a mob Mm-hmm. yeah so it could be like who knows how long like right. that kind of stuff is going to be but like um there are people who are happen to be like it's people from our team who it's like you don't know that i'm in this movie and i was like we don't know that you're in this movie <laughs> and so they're going to share their story and so it's kind of more flex but it'll probably be um eight to ten hour shoot days yeah okay. days. yeah because so most people don't know like the typical set yeah. time is any fire from eight to 15 hours on a set mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes just to gen- break that down to the general public that's true yeah most people don't know that no most people don't know that like eight's a short shoot day Absolutely. like so it'll probably be closer to 10 once you factor in because not only do you have to like shoot the people that you're following you have to if you're doing a sit-down interview which we're doing a couple of you have to set everything up lights your yeah. camera yep um getting the person briefed on what they're going to talk about yep. and yep. it's like I'm assuming you're shooting a two camera interview. Two camera interview. And so, yep, it's straight on and then yep, to the side. side. But they're both anonymous. And so Ethan is trying to toy with, he's like, I don't like the like um, traditional way they do anonymous interviews, right. like yeah. the drug dealer style. He's right. like, no, you yes. so much more creative. Like, he's like, if you do like the end of a hallway and yeah. you like have them at the end of the hall or like down the stairs or like close-ups on their hands like he's like you can get way more artistic with your very cool like anonymous interviews he also was like maybe we deep fake it instead and just like overlay someone else's face wow and so he's like that's the technology's there it's true yeah but yeah you could do that now yeah yeah and i never thought of hmm. yeah so that and then we're gonna do some more like fly on the wall type shooting when we're out there like in your uh film (laughs) yeah what is deep deep fake tom cruise's face face. i know yeah we should but i'm just (laughs) saying now people can do that so yeah can do it can be anyone yeah yeah so um 
yeah, um, we have those two interviews slated um, for our, and we'll have one sit down, a couple sit down interviews with a couple pharmacy owners. Okay. And then Wellness RX is like one of the hopeful pharmacies that's opening a nonprofit pharmacy. Okay. Um, and so we think that's a really cool model because they've been, they found a way to be able to stay open and um, keep their business running as a new nonprofit pharmacy. And we don't know how, like the process of how they've done that, which is why we're going to do the interview. Right. Okay. So when you approach pharmacies to be in this documentary, do some jump at the opportunity and some are just like, no, nope. I bet. Yeah. No, nope. so what happens? Here's what happens. And it's been really interesting. So when we reach out to people, cause at first it was mostly just through social media, a lot of DMing people and people, we have what's called in the film industry in the documentary industry, a pre-interview, which yes. is you just, you interview yep. them informally off the record to make sure it's even like the right fit. Yep. Yeah. And so we had a lot of those calls. People love doing that. Well, people jump at that opportunity. They're like off the record, um, just talking, like getting to vent my story out. Love do it. That. Mm -hmm. Love it. As soon as we go, cool. Let's do you want you to the be in the documentary? Mm -hmm. Even anonymously. People are like, no, whoa. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Uh -huh. Because people get fired for the weirdest stuff. There's That's a pharmacist true. out there. Um, his handle is Rx Comedy. Mm -hmm. His name is Dr. Maurice Shaw. Yep. He got fired for doing stand-up comedy. That's what you were saying. From Walgreens, yeah. From Walgreens. Yeah. He had done it for like five years and they had no problem with it. One day they woke up and went, we don't like this. Yep. Do you, for it. Do you listen to the accidental pharmacist? Yeah, he's one of the people. He's going to be in our film. Really? So. Yeah, I saw yep. him on the website. How about the other guy that stopped? being a pharmacist oh um mitch lee he used to do the retail pharmacy podcast i wish that we could find mitch yeah like no one knows where mitch went I and it's really you. sad if you're like again i'll say it again mitch if you're listening please just let someone know that you're okay yeah because the way your podcast and your story like with the way you went dark mm -hmm. was like kind of really scary for everyone so if you're listening yeah. Yeah, please reach Let out. Let us know you're okay. Exactly. Reach yeah. out. There's so many people worried about him. So yeah. yeah. So yeah, we a lot of those like quote pharmacy influencers and podcast folks, we actually have connected with most of them. Mm -hmm. So um, like there's a lot of different meme sites like Accidental Pharmacist is one, um, RX Comedy, The Cynical Pharmacist. Oh, yeah. Um, we've talked to all of them, and some are more involved than others, but. I think that was the kind of um, inspiration to start our podcast because Sammy was listening to that and we were mm -hmm. like, we can so do this. Mm -hmm. We can yeah. so do this. And mm -hmm. we just finally It was just COVID. Did it. So what else yeah, are you going to do? During COVID, we were just like, let's, <laughs> what else yeah, let's launch time, this. So, and then yeah. mm -hmm. Now we have a podcast network. and mm -hmm. Oh, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. So our, you have a podcast network, eh? Yes. Are you open? So if we like wanted to get in on that and become a podcast on your network. Absolutely. Okay. So that's one thing we should definitely talk about. Mm -hmm. um, let you can edit. So out, so. Before we, let me know when the, let me know when the like official. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, we'll let you. <laughs> before we actually end this, is there anything you want the general public to know that we didn't go over that we didn't go over? This is your time to shine. So for the general public, um, I'm just going to, go back to kindness and patience and just 
knowing the pharmacy team is on your team. Those pharmacists and those technicians, they're suffering from a lot of burnout, a lot of moral injury. It is hard back there. But at the end of the day, they want to help you mm -hmm. and just be patient, be kind. Like I, we know it's frustrating. We get it. Like there's so many times where someone's been frustrated and um, we get it. Yes. But like, we're on the same team mm -hmm. fighting against fighting the same battles. So please just approach the pharmacy with kindness yeah. and also just know it's a more complicated issue than you realize. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. I agree. Well, thank you so much for being a part of the show yeah. and this episode. It was so fun. <laughs> I was really excited about it. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was too. I was like, I'm really excited about it. Able to do on this, on this podcast. Yes. Yeah. All right. That was our interview. That was our interview. Anise. Yeah. Very cool. So definitely, cool. definitely check her websites out. Go to the GoFundMe page, support that, buy buy merch. Yes, just support the show however you can. Subscribe it's, to our YouTube channel. Yeah, such a, a great cause. Yes, very mm -hmm. much so. Yeah, and we'll have, like we said at the beginning, we'll have all the information in the show notes. And I know it was a long episode, but it was just such a great conversation. Yeah, it was very, very cool interviewing her. Mm -hmm. I go If you haven't watched the trailer, it's on YouTube. Uh, it definitely hits an emotional connection of yes. what the problem is. Mm -hmm. Go check it out. Mm -hmm. It'll definitely be a good investment. Yes, for sure. Producing media is not cheap. Mm -hmm. So please think about supporting them. Yeah, please consider donating to the GoFundMe. Thank you again. Another thing is uh, we we cut down our uh, shows on the network. The only we have the painful truth of living earth chronic pain we have the pixie dust twins uh -huh. we have you can't kill the boogeyman podcast and by ashley danny yes the by ashley danny podcast yes we are looking we are to launch another one soon. yes we maybe will. two but for sure one yes we uh doing a little little bit of restructuring to our network we wanted yeah. to let you know mm -hmm. These are the official shows on the network. Mm -hmm. We're possibly, we know we're adding one. We'll possibly be adding another one. Mm -hmm. And the the one that we know is going to be coming out, started promoting it a little bit, but it's going to be a direct spinoff of this show. So. Yes. Yeah, hosted by Mr. Me. Robbie himself. And in May, Limitless Broadcasting will have a booth at Spooky Empire ah, in yes. Orlando. Yeah, so, so if you're around Orlando. It's our first official company booth. Yep, Robbie will be there every, every day. Every day. I will be there some days. <laughs> so we'll be there broadcasting. Mm -hmm. We're selling merch. We're selling mystery boxes. So come support the support the network. Yeah, check it out. Get a free sticker. Mm -hmm. All of that. Yeah. So thanks a lot, guys. All right, until next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to The Painful Truth of Living with Chronic Pain with Robbie and Sammy. Make sure you like, follow, and subscribe to the Limitless Podcast Network's own channel, Instagram, and all things social media. And we'll see you all real soon.